Hello everyone, this is the 100 Yards Away podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Fernandez, ready to give you episode one of the 2020 NFL Draft for day one. We have a lot, we had the 32 first rounders selected today. You know, it's an exciting day, definitely the first big day of the NFL offseason since the day one of the free agency back in mid-March, so it's very exciting. You know, not meant, not much of good news in between that time frame. You know, everyone has had to stay home for obvious reasons, but I'm very excited, so, you know, let's get right to it. Um, You know, I just want to start off by saying, uh, of course, you know, it was an exciting top 10 selection, as, as it usually is, you know, some among the top players in the whole world coming out of college are drafted in that realm, and so I just want to get started with the very first pick of the NFL draft. Um, no surprise here. We've expected this since the Bengals were selected to pick number one overall, basically, you know, back in back in January, late December, early January. And that is Mr. Joe Burrow, quarterback out of LSU, who had a absolutely historic and amazing uh, 2019 college football season with the LSU Tigers en route to win, also winning a national championship in the Heisman Trophy. So, you know, great for him. You know, I, I do, I do wonder if um, if they are they are on the rise now. Granted, yes, they only won two games, so you, there's not much more room for to to descend, if you will. But as for their ascension, I mean, you know, I this will be a big move. You know, Andy Dalton hasn't been a bad quarterback for them the last nine years. You know, he's been a solid, relatively consistent quarterback. But w- between the upside and his and his absolute potential, I I think Joe Burrow has the potential to ascend this franchise for a very long time. Um, you know, I, I believe, you know, I believe definitely, you know, he gives the uh, Cincinnati fan base some some life. You know, they haven't had much of that in, I'd say, maybe since the Boomer Esiason days, since they went to the Super Bowl against uh, Joe Montana and the San Francisco 49ers. But, you know, it's a good, it's, it's obviously a great pick. And we'll see where that goes. Our number two overall pick, obviously no surprise here whatsoever. You know, the Washington Redskins, especially needing help on defense, many holes on the team, but certainly on defense. Um, they draft the arguably what many pre- have presumed to be the number one overall prospect in, just in terms of his value and his talent overall. Chase Young, defensive end out of Ohio State, the Ohio State University. You know, I think it's a great pick. Of course, it's the second most important position as a pass rush is the second most important position after quarterback, and you can ha- never have enough defensive line linemen or pass rushers, for that matter, who can who can put pressure on the quarterback and change the direct momentum of the game. You know, he's a super talented guy. Many call him. Many are saying he's he's even more talented and maybe even better than uh, Joe. Uh, excuse me, Nick Bosa, who came out of Ohio State last year as the number two overall pick. So it's a great pick for the Redskins. I think they have a great, a potentially dangerous duo in the coming years with him and Montez Sweat, who was drafted in the first round by the Redskins last year and his raw, super raw athletic ability. So it'll be very interesting to see what they do as a, as a duo within the next few years. I'm looking forward to it. So I find there's, there's at least one little thing to be excited for the Redskins and their fan base in particular. They haven't been the most fond of their team, the most supportive, and rightfully so. But we'll... But I, I definitely love the pick, and I'm looking forward to see what Chase Young does going forward. Number three overall pick, you know, the Detroit Lions. Apparently, I don't know if they were really if they really wanted to trade back as much as the reports have been out there, or they just didn't find the 
best deal, the deal that they wanted, but they ended up staying with their number three overall pick. They drafted cornerback Jeff Okuda, teammate of Chase Young out of Ohio State. You know, I like this guy's range and between his um, size and athletic ability. You know, it, it's a it's a mismatch for some wide receivers. You know, I think I think he has definitely the potential to be excellent in the NFL. Of course, Detroit with the departure of Darius Slay, who's one of the best cornerbacks in this league today, they definitely needed to upgrade that position. And of course, you know, it's a, it's a great pick. I'm I'm looking forward to see how he thrives in Matt Patricia's coaching defense. And we'll, we'll see how that goes. I'm looking forward to seeing what he does in this league. He has the potential to be, he also has the potential to be defensive rookie of the year along with Chase Young. So I'm, I'm, like, I'm looking forward to seeing how that battle plays out. All right, now with the number four overall pick, the New York Giants, they fall into the same um, situation as the Detroit Lions in that they already have a franchise quarterback and we're looking to trade back their pick to acquire more value picks. But that didn't happen for one reason or another. So they ended up drafting a big offensive lineman, which they need. Of course, many people in the NFL world know Dave Gettleman loves his big men in the, not, you know, on both sides of the ball. So no surprise here they want offensive tackle to also protect his young quarterback, Daniel Jones, going to his second year. And to hopefully, hopefully as well open up some holes for running back Saquon Barkley going into his third year, who has the potential to take the title as the best running back in the NFL I think he personally will so I definitely love this pick of Andrew Thomas he's not the first offensive tackle expected that was expected to be picked out of the draft but everybody has their their qualms you know everybody has their own research so I'm looking forward to see what how what value type of value he brings to the New York Giants going forward and I, I think he'll do some good things I definitely think he'll do some good things all right, so with the number five overall pick, the D Miami Dolphins have selected Tua Tagovailoa out of the University of Alabama. This was expected, y'all. You know, it's a, I think it's a pretty good pick. Um, you know, hopefully, hopefully, you know, he pans out to what Miami wants him to be. Of course, they haven't had a great quarterback in the NFL since Dan Marino, and there's many, and that's going back two decades now. Um, many people are calling Tua the potentially the next Steve Young. You know, being a left-handed quarterback who can be athletic and who can throw absolute darts to his receivers. You know, he's definitely proven himself to be a a viable and a reliable quarterback. Of course, in injuries aside from injuries, that is a different story. But in terms of pure talent, you know, th this guy can this guy can do it all. Of course, you know, you know he and um you know it, it's it's pretty good for Miami. It's very good for Miami. Hopefully, you know, they may be able to uh, change their franchise around with this guy for their own sake and for the fan base's sake. And of course, it may not that may not be the case right away as Miami has too many hole glaring holes on that team. But in the near future, um, it'll be definitely interesting and uh, exciting to see what Mr. Tua does for this Miami franchise going forward. So I like it. I like it. Okay, and with the number six pick. San Diego, San Diego Chargers. To this day, it's tempting to say San Diego Chargers. It's 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 not still not still in my mind to say Los Angeles Chargers for whatever reason. I know I'm not the only one, but I'm I'm still working on it to this day. Uh, the Los Angeles Chargers selected to no surprise a highly sought after a quarterback prospect who's expected to do very good things in this league. They draft Justin Herbert to be Philip Rivers' successor.
Um, I definitely do like this pick. You know, he definitely has a size, the athletic ability to get out of the pocket, and he can make many throws. He has great arm talent. I love the fact that he came back for a senior year this past season. I think it's definitely matured him to be a better quarterback, and I think it'll definitely help his development going forward. I think I expect I expect I'm I'm gonna say right now I expect Justin Herbert at this moment of time, barring outside circumstances that may play a negative factor into this, I expect Mr. Justin Herbert to be the offensive 2020 offensive rookie of the year, and here's why. He's good offensively he's going into a very good situation. He has arguably the best wide receiver tandem in the NFL. You know, he has a great Keenan Allen who is still in his prime. Uh, Mr. Mike Williams on the opposite side, who has just entered his prime, you know, two big targets to throw to, two very good receivers with great hands. You know, Mr. Austin Eckler going into, I believe, his second year in the NFL, you know, he came out of nowhere last year, and I expect him to to ascend and be even better than he was last year. Um, offensive line may need a, l a little bit more help. You know, they did acquire um, Brian Berlaga via free agency to be, I'm assuming, the right tackle, which is a position he's played almost all of his career over in Green Bay the last decade. And with the addition of Trey Turner at guard, I think it'll definitely, um, it'll, it'll definitely um, help that offensive line to some degree. But, but absolutely, you know, and of course with offensive coordinator Anthony Lynn to help teach Mr. Justin Hermert the ins and outs of the game, you know, he's a good head coach. I think Justin Herbert will definitely be successful. It wouldn't shock me to see San Diego bounce back from the from the disappointing season they had last year into the playoffs, especially with the additional um, seed for for each conference. So, yes, yes, Justin Herbert, I expect great things from you. I'm looking forward to seeing what you're doing in Los Angeles. Not San Diego, Los Angeles. <laughs> All right. Now, as for those top six picks, of course, you know, those 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 players have been highly scouted and the spotlight has been on them for the most part. But I, I want to put my attention a little bit on a few of the picks that caught my interest, not just based on the talent of the player, but at where they went. You know, Buccaneers with the seven, excuse me, thirteenth overall pick chose Tristan Wirfs, the tackle who's regarded by most as the best tackle, offensive tackle overall in this draft. And he goes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a, a team that's already loaded on offense with, of course, the addition of Tom Brady, the two wide receivers and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Of course, they acquired Rob Gronkowski last week, which is very good for them. And, uh, I mean, it, it's pretty good. You know, just Tristan Wurst is going into a great position. He should be in a position to succeed well. Uh, you know, they will teach him well, of course. I, I'm sure they will. And, you know, the... Hey, the, the Buccaneers just got even that much better. A player that was not expected to be there at 13 and uh, ended up sliding right to them. And the, the Buccaneers didn't have to give anything to draft this man. So I, I definitely like the pick. And it's just a further reason to expect great things for this Buccaneers offense come 2020. Jerry Judy to the Broncos 15th overall. I definitely like this pick. You know, John Elway, it must be a relief to finally not have to worry about the quarterback position at this point in his career post post Peyton Manning. Um, you know, of course, he has Drew Locke as his quarterback, who's expected to do good things going forward. And he has a very talented, one of the, arguably the most talented wide receiver in this whole draft to go along with wide receiver Courtney Sun, who's established himself to be, to be a reliable target. And 
tight end, no offense, going into a second year who had a, who had a solid year just despite the, in, in considering the circumstances of that Broncos offense last year. So I definitely like the pick. of They, of course, didn't have to trade up to draft this man as well. And, and you know, it's, it's just some, it is something to look forward to. I am definitely... I definitely will be paying attention to Jerry du- Jerry Judy and to see what he does. I expect to, him to do good things over in Denver, Colorado this upcoming season. And C.D. Lamb being drafted 17th overall to the Cowboys. This is a man who was also arguably in that list of like the top wide receivers in this deep wide receiver class. I think the Cowboys nailed it big here. I mean, offensively, people better watch out for this Cowboys offense. You know, paired, this man, C.D. Lamb, paired up with an established receiver in Amari Cooper. Of course, Ezekiel Elliott is one of, considered one of the best running backs in the NFL. Despite the departure, the retirement, I should say, of Tri- the center Travis Frederick, who was one of the best in the NFL, the Dallas Cowboys still have one of the better offensive lines in the NFL. They still have the best right guard in the NFL, Zach Martin, and the best one of the best left tackles in Tyron Smith on the left side. I mean, I, I expect them to do definitely to be a, a lethal weapon, assuming... Dak Prescott is there coming week one. Um, and, you know, I, I definitely believe they will find a deal for him because, let's face it, this this offense will pummel for the most part if they have a quarterback under center other than Dak Prescott. They don't have any other options they can go to and to expect them to be successful in, in throwing the football and, and just being a big part of this offense. Dak Prescott is arguably the, big, the biggest asset to this offense. But I just definitely expect a, con- a solid connection between him and C.D. Lamb. Mike McCarthy, I expect him to uh, implement some some coaching schemes in there in the playbook, you know. And they, they will do great things. The Cowboys are definitely put themselves in a position to regain the NFC East title just with this pick alone. Although they will have to show up the defense, but it, that is a different story. Like C.D. Lamb to the Dallas Cowboys. And of course, they were... Several other first on draft picks. I mean, it'll be a, it'll be a, a too, way too long of an episode, and you know, just want to catch a few that caught my eye, and for you, obvious ones, to give my observation on that. But as for this day one of the NFL free agency, I definitely want to. Um, I made a list of the four teams I feel like one day one. The top four teams of day one NFL free agency ranked from four to one, and so I would begin. At ranked number four, in my opinion, we had the fourth best day of day one of the NFL free agent. Oh, excuse me, NFL draft. Um, the San Francisco 49ers. Yes, the San Francisco 49ers. The rich get richer in this case, guys. They were they were one step away from winning the Super Bowl, as you know. They still one of the most talented. They are one of the most talented teams in the NFL by far, and they fill in two. I'd say. Well, you know, with the departure of Forrest Buckner, um, they I won't say they filled in a hole on the defensive line, but they definitely found his replacement who could who is going to be in a great position to be successful and successful right off the bat, to be quite frank, considering the other talent outside, around him on that defensive line that will garner more attention than Mr. Javon Kinlaw. Um, you know, one of the, arguably the best, considered the best defensive tackle Coming out of this draft, they draft him with the 13th overall pick. The pick they gave, the pick the Colts gave them in exchange for DeForest Buckner, who we have now. Javon Kinlaw, you know, he definitely should do 
should be a solid asset right off the bat. Of course, you know, Nick Bosa will garner more attention. Eric Armstead will garner more attention. You have D Ford on the, the edge opposite Nick Bosa. So J Mr. Javon Clindell has no excuse to not produce at a high level uh, on both spectrums in terms of passing and uh, passing defense and running defense. And definitely so I, I'm looking, I'll be paying attention to him. I'll, I'll I, I will see how he does. I, I will be paying attention to see how he does, and I'm looking forward to that. And also, they, with their own first-round pick, they traded up a few spots from 31 into the 20s to draft wide receiver out of Arizona State, Brandon Ayuk. I definitely love this pick. This was definitely a, a big need. The, the only viable receiver they had at this point was Debo Samuel. Of course, you know, they had already traded Marquise Goodwin. And... With the departure of Emmanuel Sanders, they they certainly had no deep threat that can, or, or be a, a threat down the field, or even just be a threat in any way, um, in terms of, uh, you know, being vertical, and, and because as you know, Debo Samuel, a big strength of his is those reverse runs or the design runs as a wide receiver, but you know, a big target, a bigger target like this, Brandon Ayuk, I like. It's something that you def definitely need. It will help, certainly help Jimmy Garoppolo to to um attack the offense down the field, you know, uh, and to garner less attention away from George Kittle, who can do the same at the tight end position. So I definitely, I definitely like the pick. They don't have many picks in this draft, um, but they def John uh, John Lynch definitely nailed nailed this one with the two uh valuable picks that he had in this draft. He's done an excellent job as a GM so far. And so he nails this one again, and and I expect good things coming this rookie season from both of those rookies. So we'll see we'll see how that pans out. So Chargers for number three, ranked number third, Chargers. Of course, Justin Justin Herbert. I've already explained that. You know, I expect him to be the offensive rookie of the year come twenty twenty. He's in a great position to do that. He has plenty of weapons around him. And he has absolutely no excuse to to not be consistent come twenty twenty. Of course, he'll have his rookie mistakes, but I don't think those rookie mistakes will be huge. So, Mr. Justin Herbert, I expect you to ball out. Also, linebacker Kenneth Murray, um, Chargers drafted up in the first round with the Patriots to draft this linebacker. I'm gonna be honest; I've never heard the line, this man's name. From what I've heard, he's one of the more talented linebackers in this in this draft. And Tom Cluster must Tom Tusk, I'm assuming, must have been very high on this man, of course, to trade up, to give some valuable picks to trade up decent amount of spots to draft this man, and they got they got their guy. So they help on both sides of the ball. And I wouldn't doubt Kenneth Murray I won't doubt Kenneth Murray won't flourish as a rookie and 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 do some good things come twenty twenty for that defense. So I'm looking forward to that. The Miami Dolphins as the number two team. Of course, you know, I already spoke about Tua Tagovailoa. You know, this guy's, you know, very talented. Miami definitely desperately needed a quarterback here. And they got they got their guy. They absolutely got the guy. They didn't have to trade up at all to draft this man. Um, the, as for the offense, you know, the Miami Dolphins aren't very strong on offense outside of that. You know, they still need some wide receiver help, I'm sure, some offensive line help. And speaking of that, they did draft an offensive tackle, Mr. Austin Jackson, I believe out of USC. 
and he will fill him in one of those one of those glaring holes on the tackle position. Of course, they did trade away Laramie Tunsil last offseason to the Houston Texans, so that was a big position of need. And they might have found their guy going in the going in the future. I I don't know much about Austin, Mr. Austin Jackson, so I'll just have to see what how he pans out. I'll have to get some info on him come later, come the 2020 season and see how he plays during the season. But they do um draft it in a position of need in the first round with a guy worthy of first round talent. So. So that, are, of course, has plenty of potential to be a successful pick going forward. All right. And they did draft, the Miami Dolphins did draft a, another cornerback in the first round. His name is Noah I. I cannot say the gentleman's last name, of course, but he is a cornerback out of Auburn. This was an interesting pick. I didn't expect this. They already have arguably the best cornerback tandem in the NFL. They do have Xavier Howard, who's one of the Bright and great young talent at quarterback in the NFL. He led the league in interceptions back in 2018. They gave him a big, big contract last year. And they signed, of course, Byron Jones, cornerback from the Cowboys, to a big deal. So they have two two of the best young cornerbacks in the NFL. And I was, I was surprised at this pick. I must assume they went with what they thought was the best player available in this draft because there's certainly other positions who are, that they could have gone to to address who had a lot of talent. Um, you know, Brian Flores, I don't know necessarily know his defensive philosophy and if his def- defensive scheme relies on cornerbacks more, if they have to be cornerback heavy, that is certainly a possibility. And I haven't heard about this gentleman either. But... But of course, you know they must have done the due diligence some way or form, and they got a guy they clearly wanted. So it'll be interesting to see what this man does if he makes a name for himself and ball out. Now, now to the number one team who I felt were the biggest winners come draft day number one in the first round, and this will be very surprising to many people, very puzzling to many people. I had to think about this pick. I had to I had to put some extra thought into it. I had to weigh the pros and cons. I had to play devil's advocate. I had to play, I had to um be the cheerleader of this pick, you know, but I come to the conclusion, mine and to my strong opinion, the team that won day one of the NFL free agency above all else were the Green Bay Packers selecting Quarterback Jordan Love out of Utah State. Yes, yes, I know it is absolutely bananas. First off, of course, this surprised many, many people in the NFL world, even people who have sources close within the league. You know, the Packers made this move trade and and also traded from the 30th overall pick four spots into the 26th pick to draft Mr. Jordan Love. This was a very, very uh, surprising and interesting move. Of course, this was, mind you, back 15 years ago when Mr. Brett Favre was 35 years old and they drafted Aaron Rodgers with the 24th overall pick to be his successor. And obviously, it's it's not just safe to assume, but we must assume this t- same type of scenario is happening here 15 years later. <laughs> this this Then it happened for Aaron Rodgers, and then this is happening to Aaron Rodgers. Um, of course, many people were hoping that the Packers would go in a, um, a skill position here, an offensive skill player, especially with this wide receiver. Not just the fact that this wide receiver class is very deep, but of course, the Packers don't have a lot of great weapons. They do have Devontae Adams, and they did sign Devin Funches, who, when healthy, 
can be an asset to an NFL team. Two big targets there. Although, you know, Denver Funches did struggle with injuries last year, was limited to uh, just several games last year with the Indianapolis Colts. And outside of those two guys, they didn't have a very, um, they didn't have a, um, say, reliable or talented wide receiver or tight end. And so many people were hoping, I'm sure Packers fans in particular were hoping they'd go in a skill position here with a wide receiver weapon for Mr. Aaron Rodgers to to succeed. And they ended up driving, drafting his successor. Um, This is very, I mean, this is very surprising. I did not expect this. I did not, I definitely did not expect them to make this move. You know, they are. I, now, I did weigh the pros. Now I, now, I did weigh the cons. And before I get to the reason why I feel this is great, I thought for a moment, you know, of course, just like everybody else was thinking, this team is a championship contending team winning 13 games last year and coming one game short of reaching the Super Bowl. You know, their defense surprised a lot of people last year with how good they were. And they were efficient. They may have, that that defense actually surprisingly to say with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback may have been arguably a bigger asset to their success last year than the Packers offense. And so and so with that, you know it's yeah. I mean I I figured hey you know give this guy another weapon. We've seen rookies play very well and have a lot of success with Aaron Rodgers. Remember Randy Cobb back in two thousand eleven. Um, he made a name for himself right off the bat in his 2011 season with Aaron Rodgers. And in 2014 as well, when Devontae Adams was a rookie, he made a name for himself right away with Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball. And I expected nothing less had they gone a wide receiver there with their late first round pick. But the more the more I thought about it, and this was and this was brought up by some of these, some ESPN analysts as well. And I agree with them. Along with tackle David Bakhtiari, the tackle for the Green Bay Packers, you know, a lot of a lot of people do believe that this will, of course, this will upset Aaron Rodgers, and with that, it will also light a fire in him that he's never had before. He'll be on a mission like he's uh, like he's never like he's never been in the past. You know, I thought about it. I'm like, you know what? This will be this will like this will give him a bigger spark. This will big give him bigger motivation to be successful than anything he's been through in his NFL career in the past. I think this will, this this drafting of Jordan Love here by the Packers, by Jim Bryan and Gutekunst, will, will fire Aaron Rodgers up more than the 2000, um, 2014 loss to the Seattle Seahawks in the NFC Championship game, which is brutal. I think this will, be, this will light a fire in him more than the tough blowout 2016 NFC Championship loss to the Atlanta Falcons. Whatever circumstance, all, all the doubters, all the people criticizing him throughout his NFL career, you know, character-wise, I think this will light a fire on Aaron Rodgers more than, more than it ever has. And honestly, it would not shock me. Matter of fact, I'm considering to select Aaron Rodgers to be the 2020 NFL MVP, despite, despite not having a lot of great weapons on offense, um, despite despite not being very established there, not as established as they should be with his offensive skill players. I, I definitely, I expect him to let, to light def, NFL defenses on fire. Um, and so I think definitely this will, th- this, this will pay off for the Packers in some way, to be honest with you. And they can, of, of course, always still upgrade the offensive weapons that they have. 
going forward, the second and third round picks that they may have in going forward, of course. But, but yeah, I, I do really like this pick. And I like it, of course, even more for their future. You know, how much longer will Aaron Rodgers be the starting quarterback? I, get, I can guarantee you one thing. I can absolutely guarantee you one thing. Unless absolutely, unless Jordan Love absolutely stinks up the joint. If he, unless he absolutely shows that he is just trash and he could not be a viable starter in this league. I don't think he has more than three years left with the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers. I think, I definitely believe he will finish career, his career elsewhere, outside of Green Bay, Wisconsin. I really do. And I, matter of fact, I think, I think he has two more years with the Green Bay Packers. It wouldn't surprise me if it's about three, but no more than three, and no less than two. And with that, you know, I in a few in a few years, I expect Jordan Love to do some great things, but that's a whole nother story. Well, that's well, that's a whole nother story in terms of two years from now. But yes, yes, the Green Bay Packers, I like what Brian Gutekunst did. Not everybody's on board with this. Green Bay fans may not be on board with the short term, obviously, as they need some more weapons to compete with some of the good defenses, especially in the NFC. We've seen what the San Francisco 49ers defense did to them, not just once, but twice last year. So they'll have to they'll have to upgrade the skill players to surround 12 with more talent and to compete with a defense like a San Francisco or a Seattle or a few of de- among other few defenses in the uh, in the um, NFC. And so there you have it. That is my day one recap of the 2020 NFL free agency. I mean, it was very good. It was very interesting. Not many surprises for the most part. Of course, it wasn't too exciting. But as it got deeper, it got better. And, you know, good luck to these rookies. I'm looking forward to see what they do, you know. We'll have a lifelong dream come true. And these are some of the most talented young men in the league already. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they do, assuming we have a season. And I believe we will. I believe we will. Everything will play out well. So there you have it, guys. This is the 100 Yards Away podcast. I'm your most Jonathan Fernandez. Stay tuned for my day two recap of the NFL free agency. Peace.